1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment. No, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bobotty Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We're going to talk in a couple of minutes about the NBA in season tournament. Got some of your voicemails coming in if you haven't heard all that fun stuff we will start with what's going on in the nfl now sean i'm gonna come to you right fast because i'm just curious i felt like i should ask this question a little bit more especially since you know you'd be the one hollering at the people about the prize picks did you have any money on the Chiefs and the
2: Bills, uh, I did not. There's, there's, so, there's some times when it's a really good game that I want to just watch and enjoy. I will not put money on it because it might either ruin or you know I, I don't think it would make my yeah. experience great even if I won money.
1: Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Guy, I, 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 I gotta tell, bet no game sounds a lot like drinking a forty. Like, it's, like, there's no telling which way, there's no telling which way this drug might go. You may end up fighting. Oh boy, you might end make some bad decisions. But anyway. I did not get to watch the end of that game with my own eyes. I had to go meet up with somebody. I get back. I have seen on the phone. I watched the first half. Chiefs were not looking to be very good. Um, Josh Allen looked like he was doing the one-man band sort of thing and a pretty good job at it. But I looked at the phone on the way back. I saw that Buffalo had won. That's all I was really concerned with. And so I get back to the shack. Uh, I get on the phone. I text Mina Kimes because she's a good person to ask. I highlight her during the game day and I'm like, yo, so what happened? And she says, um, you see Kadarius Tony is trending. I'm like, yes, but that could be a number of things. I had assumed that the young man had simply dropped a pass because that is what Chiefs receivers tend to do is they tend to drop passes. I couldn't really get an understanding of what was going on and then there was something about how there was some real cool play and I didn't understand what was going on with that like how could this be Kadarius Tony's fault because then by the time I saw the real cool play Kadarius Tony was once scoring a touchdown so it just didn't make a great deal of sense to me but what had happened was something that I had literally never seen before right one thing and this is how wild this is the thing I had seen before was this is basically like the Music City Miracle R.I.P. Frank Wycheck, but uh Mahomes threw a pass to Kelsey, Kelsey had it, turned to the other side of the field, you know, he was a high school quarterback, threw a lateral to Kadarius Toney, who ran in for the touchdown, and it looked like the Chiefs were taking the lead, and I just could not conceptualize how this could be Kadarius Tony's fault, whatever the problem happened to be, and then they went back and showed that they called a neutral zone infraction on the Chiefs. And I ain't never seen no shit like that before in my life, Sean. Have you ever seen a neutral zone infraction on the? Op- I didn't know the offense could get in the neutral zone. I, I, I was, I had always been so confused because I'd never seen the offense get called for a neutral zone infraction. Was the zone really neutral? Because it felt like the offense could be in it.
2: I thought the same way until I saw the like replay of just how far into the neutral zone he was, and I was like, huh, yeah, I yes. guess, I guess that is illegal.
1: No, right, right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I just didn't know that the offense could commit a neutral zone infraction. I, I didn't know that was the case. Like, I knew whatever the hell he was doing was wrong. He didn't look like he was in the neutral zone. He looked like he was at somebody else's house. Like, he was on somebody else's couch flipping channels, eating chips and shit. Like, look like you, you can look at this right there. The best part, it's not just that he's too far past the ball. He looking at the ball. He looking at it he knows he knows good and damn well that he is not looking at that ball at no 2 2 30 or not even no three o'clock he's look he's looking back at the ball and it is quarter to four like that that's how far back he got to go he, he got to go look at the ball and then after the game i mean the chiefs they had the thing with the past interference stuff with uh bandit De- valdez Scanlon the other game i saw that yeah bad break for y'all it happens sometimes you know what i'm saying this one right here, they try to find any way to blame the officials. Can we uh, – Sean, can we get this clip of Patrick Mahomes after the game wearing a very expensive sweater? Just, I mean, the flight today was tough. Just, I mean, offensive offsides, it's – it's it's something that I mean, you, as a, as a like I said, elementary school we talk about. You line up, you point to the ref. You're good. You're not good. If not, they come to you. they we talk. You need to get off the ball more. You need to be on the ball more. You have a discussion. I mean, and that's 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 the ref's job. I mean, they you want to have an open discussion so that you can go out there and put the best product you can on the field. Um, and for him to throw that flag, no explanation, no anything. And I, I saw the picture, and I mean, he probably is. I mean, barely off barely offsides. But for him to to take the game into his hands over a, a call like that that does affect the play at all at all didn't affect anything um I mean it's just tough man and like I said man that's a hall of fame tight end making a hall of fame play that won't be shown because we threw a flag on front offense of all sides and so it takes away from not only this game and this season but from a legendary career that Travis has had and I mean that hurts me because I know how, how hard he works for it Bro, he is already looking forward to the highlight reel at Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame induction and how suddenly now they won't even be able to put this in, even though keep it real. This would probably be more than Kadarius Tony highlight reel, except he ain't getting into no damn Hall of Fame. Like, like, if you saw Mahomes on the sideline after that after they came off the field, man, he was swinging that helmet. He was so mad. I can't imagine what Muppet he sounded like. Like, he was so furious that I just can't imagine what his voice turned into. I mean, any of it. He's so mad. And he ain't mad at the refs. And everybody knows this. Like, I'm sure he don't want to lose to Josh Allen because he know how y'all be rooting for Josh Allen. And yes, y'all be rooting for Josh Allen. Look, when when Mahomes did the impossible and got down the field in 13 seconds so they could get that field goal and Josh Allen didn't get to touch the ball in overtime, they changed the rules. They changed the whole rule. They were like, hey, Josh Allen should get the ball next time. As if that's going to happen again. But anyway, they did that. I know Mahomes don't want to lose this game, but man 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 we know what the problem is we know why he mad Andy Reid was trying to didn't he say that the officials embarrassed themselves and they did that because like they can't do what they want to do they can't say what they want to say and it's the same thing that all of us see and all of us feel they got Bums out there playing receiver, man. And it's one thing, it's like one thing if somebody going to be out there playing like a bum. And I know, like, I shouldn't call them bums because they're so much better at what they do than I do. But when I see them do things I can do, like not be where I'm supposed to be and just drop the ball all the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, I feel like we the same. Like I, feel like I could talk about you like one would talk about me, you know. Like is like watching them is like watching the U.S. Open in golf. And for those of you who aren't really into golf, the thing about the U.S. Open is is like the rough is like a is like jungleish and all of this stuff. All these, basically the courses are so hard that you get to watch the best golfers in the world look like you. That's what the appeal of watching the U.S. Open is. And that's what it is watching the Chiefs. Them dudes is out here looking like me. Like, like that's 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 just how they seem. They look like that. And so Kadarius Tony and somebody else is gonna give him a chance because he might be the quickest dude I've ever seen in my life. Like you watch it when he got it going. It is amazing. But the best part about this, Sean, after he was way too far offside, they didn't throw him the ball. I don't know if that's what he was mad at. Uh, Ryan Clark made the point that maybe he was mad because they didn't call illegal contact or something. But he was so mad that the ball wasn't throwing at him that he started loafing. And since he started loafing and moping, he was open for the the Kelsey lateral, all right? Like, finally being a a bum got them something good, and then they called it back. That's why Mahomes is mad.
2: Being a bum worked out for Tony, and then the karma got back to him. My issue with the Tony thing is, like, the Giants kicked him out of the, the locker room because he was so bad. And, you know, there's that famous yes. Kelsey tweet is like, I can't believe they let Tony at the building. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, there's a reason why the Giants of all teams let this guy go. Yo, and they have nobody. Right? Like, all we've been saying about the Giants for all this time, the
1: reason, like, the saving grace for Daniel Jones is what he ain't really had nobody to throw to. And they looked at Kadarius Tony and was like, yo, you're done in this town. You're done. He was so, far, I mean, he's so far offside. The Chiefs are so mad. They just got to try to play it off any way they can. And what they seem, what seems to be the thing to me about the Chiefs after seeing this and where it has to frustrate Mahomes is they have given up on the idea that these guys can be any better than they are right? Because if you think that they can be better than they are, then you up in their faces about these things. Somebody, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a bunch of people make this point. I ain't seen a Kadarius Tony quote yet. Like, nobody's asked him a single question. They just expect him to not know where the hell he's supposed to be, being line all the way offside. Like, Sean, can you put that picture up one more time? Because I want to show people something else on this picture. I think I'll be able to see it. But if you look at this picture again, okay, if you look up at the top, I think that like those do. All right, there we go. Yeah, you go up. You see that receiver up there with his heel on the fifty-yard line? He is on the line of scrimmage, right? Like by 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 the way the formation goes, that guy is on the line of scrimmage. Come back down to Kadarius Tony. Okay, his heel is on the forty-nine. Like, it's not exactly on the 49, but it's damn near on the 49. The referees said they couldn't even see the ball. Like, people are like, yo, well, he, you know, the referees should have told him what to do. Dog, first of all, I guess you're the one that's supposed to ask, but... I haven't played football in a very, 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 very long time. Okay, a very, very, very long time. But I do remember we used to have to holler at the official over there to make sure that we was where we were supposed to be. Right. Like, I do remember having to do that. I don't even know if that dude was in a position to do that because he was so far across like he was cheating. I don't know what he was going to gain from cheating, but he was cheating. And now the Chiefs are in trouble. So we're now what? Like 13 games deep for a lot of the teams in the league. Now we 13 games deep. Okay, the Chiefs are eight and five. We have played enough games in the NFL season that for me, we can start looking at point differential and it tells us things that matter, right? Like you look at a point differential and that's pretty much gonna stack up to who the better teams are. It's gonna go all, mo- not just strictly, but about in order of that. this point we got a big enough sample size on this okay the Chiefs have a plus 64 point differential at 8 and 5 which is not bad but to give you context on that the Ravens point differential is plus 143 the Dolphins is plus 118 and gasp the Bills are at 104 now when the Bills are 6 and 6 and the Chiefs are 8 and 4 and the Bills have been going through what they have been going through, and then you find out about that 9-11 story, you feel like it's just all chaos with the Bills. They're done. The Bills are one game behind the Chiefs and have a vastly superior point differential to them, which is to say the Chiefs just ain't that good. Like, I think Mahomes is as good as we've ever thought that he was, and that defense is pretty damn good. But their receivers are boo-boo enough to make the Chiefs just not that good they just aren't and so what they're asking is for Patrick Mahomes to be the cleanup man right to be the guy that's so good that he can cover up for whatever else is done and brother I have been there and it's really really frustrating Really, really, really frustrating. I just can't imagine. Like, where Giselle at? My husband cannot throw the ball and catch the ball. That game where uh, Valdez dropped that touchdown, and Mahomes is like, well, I could have thrown it a little bit shorter to make it easier. That man has given up on these guys being any better than what we see. Apparently, what we see in person is the exact same thing as what he sees in practice. These cats can't get no better than they are, and the Chiefs organizationally better fix this in the offseason because it sounds like what they decided was... He's so good, it don't matter. We'll just give him any old thing, and he'll be fine. And they better watch out before he get mad, because I would get mad.
2: I am genuinely oh, I thought you shocked. Was about to say, but... I was just gonna say, I am genuinely shocked at how not mad he has been. Like, I, I feel like NFL is one of the few sports where you can genuinely call out people for making a mistake, and they have to own it up. And the Chiefs have not done that all day.
1: <laughs> yeah, but again, they like. It's a mistake if you can do better. Like, like, if, like if they are not off in their asses every practice, then dudes need to be offended, right? Because they, they, that just means they have given up on the possibility that you guys can provide anything. Because let me tell you something, over there in Philadelphia, they looking at them like, hey, y'all can be better than this expectations it feel a little different there they lost that game to the cowboys and the cowboys by the way uh as i had brought up the point differential best point differential in the league problem that the cowboys have of course is we have watched them get their doors blown off by both well i guess they didn't get their doors blown off by the eagles but the 49ers beat the brakes off of them and we have seen that so it's hard for us to conceptualize the idea that the cowboys are the best team in the nfl however they sure look like the best team in the nfl when they were putting the hurt. To the Eagles last night and the the tenor around the Eagles is uh they just ain't that good and that's from people who watch that team a lot and Sean I just wanted to point this out I go through that thing about point differential been watching the Eagles play all year and if you've been watching the Eagles play all year you admit they seem to have these moments where they just feel like okay we're better than you now we can turn it on but they hadn't really looked that good top to bottom they got a point differential of only 21 at 10 and 3 like that feels like last year's
2: Vikings. Feels you know like what I mean? Just, like just, they just happened to go by. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're just getting by they're, on these games.
1: They're just getting by. I don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts is or isn't. I don't think that has any effect on what the defense is, you know, or any of that stuff. But when you see a team, and I think that this is kind of like, for me at least, like a very important ultimate message in this. When you see one of these teams and they keep on winning, but they don't look good, they're probably not good. And we can turn ourselves in a lot of ways for a lot of reasons and take it to a lot of places where we start talking about stuff like um, you know, they just know how to win, like all the cliches and the likes. Like you can take it to all of those places. Nah, man, maybe they're just not that good this year. It feels like the same collection of players as they had last year. In some places, it feels like they're better. They're better. They didn't have Jalen Carter last year, for example. But for whatever reason, They're just not as good this year as they were last year. It's the same thing with the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs lost Juju, but Juju wasn't great, right? They, for whatever reason, just aren't that good. And the thing to me, as I look at all of this, like, looking around, those teams that haven't been able to really push themselves over the top, I'm talking about, like, the Cowboys and the Ravens, this is the year where everybody going to look at you and be like, hey, man, if y'all can't get this done, I'll... I don't really know what y'all going to do. Like Jacksonville lost to Cleveland over the weekend. And I don't know if y'all know this guys, but Joe Flacco's still alive. And not only is Joe Flacco still alive, Joe Flacco started in that game and looked like an NFL quarterback. Like I was watching that and Joe Flacco. Although did you see this? Uh, Sean, did the Browns sit out a tweet that was talking about how Joe Flacco was unbeatable in their stadium?
2: <laughs> it's, it, was, it was perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's because he was kicking their ass for years playing for another team, but maybe that's what it was, right? They need to have Joe Flacco only play games in Cleveland. He will never feel more comfortable, more confident, more dominant than he will playing in there. All he knows how to do in there is win. That's it. Maybe that's what it was. He's going to take this show on the road, and you're going to go back to remembering that he's like a month younger than LeBron James.
2: he old. I watched highlights of the game, and I was like, this guy doesn't look 38 on this field right now. And, and I, I, maybe maybe on another field he will look 38, but he looked really good. I have watched Joe Flacco
1: play a light. Like, he played for the Jets, I want to say it was the last year. We've seen Joe Flacco in recent years. He had a little run with the Broncos, and he looked old as hell in every one of those turns. Like, maybe this is what it looks like when he in the backyard and ain't nobody looking. Like, what convinces him he should still be a starter? Because he looked like a starter. Like, oh Nasty, oh, nasty Man. And Deshaun Watson got to be up there like, I mean, he had a shoulder surgery, right? The Browns are probably going to go to the playoffs, and they done had them two other dudes, and Joe Flacco, who, by the way, they named the starter for the rest of
2: the season. (laughs) For the rest of the season. yeah, Already official. And I don't know, like, is P.J. Walker hurt or just benched? I think he's bench, and the UCLA quarterback, Dorian thompson robinson was dealing with a concussion but did not look good in any of the games he started.
1: Yeah, but all I'm saying is Joe Flacco is too old for you to be declaring him the starter. You just can't do it. But you know what that is? You know what that says? I keep telling y'all this. It's a reason why the Browns' depth chart look like Bell Bib DeVoe. It's a reason they depth chart look like Tony, Tony, Tony. Cause if you bring Bobby Caldwell in here, they go want him to sing lead. It never fails. It never fails. Like you heard one simply red song. You think they're the greatest of all time. And that's what happened. Joe, Joe Flacco came in there holding back the years. And they like, yo, how'd you like to headline the tour? Like, like my man with the concussion gotta be like, damn dog. I'm, I'm just over here getting better. Right. They gave him the job. That was it. Like Deshaun Watson. You're going to have to win your job back from Joe Flacco now. It ain't just going to be when you come back next year. Joe Flacco is going to be out there running summer camp with the boys, throwing that ball through the tire, like, like and then getting ready, inviting them to Delaware, wherever the hell he live. And they're going to be out there throwing a, I'm just telling you right now, man. I'm just, I, I've, I've seen this. I know how this goes. Anyway, that was the NFL action for this weekend. The teams that we have been thinking, yeah, I don't know if they're actually good they probably aren't that good. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. All right, uh, Sean, did you partake in the uh, end-season tournament?
2: I did watch it up until... The point where i was like oh the lakers are gonna definitely win this and then it got kind of close in the fourth quarter and then the lakers were like no 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 no, we're gonna win this i've never seen anthony davis look that good in my life i'll be honest
1: oh man yeah dude that's the pro- like he'd be better off not doing that actually right if we never saw him do that we treat him much better like if he if, if he just has the inkling, i think i could put up 40 or 20 tonight if you ain't gonna do it for a whole week you might as well just go ahead and keep that to yourself player ain't nobody ain't nobody nobody trying to see no flashes from you no more flashes is for your 20s they want to see the whole movie look like that from you Anthony, Anthony Davis they want the whole movie to look like the end of the movie they want the whole movie to
2: be stunts just the entire way it seems like a very Anthony Davis thing to do to like have one of the best performances of your life and everyone's like well why can't you do that all the time yes
1: that's that's what he's got now I have a few observations about, like, the tournament overall. some specific to this tournament itself. My guy, Ethan Strauss, who I know has managed to infuriate a great deal of you over the last couple of years. I understand that he'd be confusing me sometimes, too. But he wrote something about how the end season tournament has been a flop if if the goal was to increase ratings and, like, develop something that the NBA could use to, uh, like, up the rights deal. Then it has been a flop. And... I don't think that this, this is something that's going to take a while. Like if you're going to make this happen, like it's the same point that I make that every time somebody starts one of these professional football leagues, like the XFL or the UFL or whatever whatever the FL you come out with, like you're not going to make this happen in a year. This is a 20, 30 year project if you're going to do it and make it happen like it's going to take a while you got to be in this for the long haul and I don't think that they were just going to get people into this in-season tournament immediately it's going to take some time um what I think I think they got a couple of good things out of it because I wouldn't say it was like some sort of roaring smashing success but number one I do think they accomplished the most important thing which was the players care so Once it is demonstrated that this is something that the players care about, then you've got a chance for this to turn into a thing and a thing that gets bigger and a thing that has that gets more interest because it becomes something that is superior to the product that you already have here. Like the problem that the NBA has with this regular season is that it lacks urgency. And so if you create something that has urgency in the long run, I think that'll be positive. And the players absolutely seem to be invested in it, which takes us to a sub point of that, that I think is very important, which is LeBron James, like elder statesman of the NBA, he came through on that job in this one because it is very clear LeBron James really, really, really wanted to win this end-season tournament. Like this was, this was he don't need that $500,000, although he might have really wanted that $500,000. He was in it to win this tournament and he played extra hard to win this tournament. And I think that that's very important because once that happens and you got somebody as important as him and his team wins, then his team looks like he cares about winning this tournament and now this looks like a thing like you're probably going to have to jump down for some years but it's going to be some years later and dudes are going to be like yeah I grew up dreaming of playing in this tournament because all you got to do to make it seem like a big deal is act like it's a big deal that's it that's the only thing you have to do is act like it's a big deal and so I think they got the players to act like it's a big deal and I think it's incredibly clutch for them and even though I think he fully means it like it's clutch of brawn to make the call. They're like, nah, I'm going to be the one to make this be like, it's be like, for example, I used to do, uh, do a TV show for HBO and we had our compliance Zoom, right? You know, don't nobody feel like doing the compliance Zooms, but I really don't feel like having to talk to HR about nobody. So when it was time for the compliance Zoom, I'm in the Zoom, I'm asking questions, I'm engaged. And I'm letting everybody know, hey man, I'm engaged and you should be engaged too. And I think that that is what, in large part, LeBron James did for the entire league. Because, yes, for a whole damn league, that was a TV show with my name in the marquee. LeBron James is that for the whole damn NBA. To this day. To this day.
2: And I think he got him engaged. And it, I think it was really telling that at the postgame interview, LeBron said, I'm the first we're the first in season tournament champions and you can never take that away from us. And clearly there's a, a, a POV of legacy for LeBron that he still significantly cares about and wants to pursue. Well,
1: well, yes, because I mean, he's still it's like he trying to get into Harvard just try to throw something else onto the application not just anything else but a little something that michael jordan never did he really thinks he's going to make this case he really 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 thinks he's going to make this case like you can't lose sight of that but hey it's another thing He got him an in-season tournament. Uh, In-season tournament was great for Tyrese Halliburton, who has introduced himself to a significant portion of the casual NBA fan. And I need you people who, like, get your rocks off talking about how much you love basketball. You need to understand most people are casual fans. Most people are a little too busy to watch the fucking Indiana Pacers. And uh, Tyrese Halliburton, the dude is basically like if Jokic didn't rebound. Like, you go look at the numbers, that's what this is. He is doing, like, insane bananas things. He's a 50-40-90 sort of dude at 6'5", and he doesn't turn the ball over. And he's like... It's When people talk about the 50-40-90 thing, you got to be careful because, like, Malcolm Brogdon's on that list in large part because Malcolm Brogdon didn't, but it's because he didn't put up that many field goal attempts. And to be fair, it's a very similar thing when you talk about Steve Nash. He really wasn't putting up that many field goal attempts. Halliburton's at 53-44-88, and, and he's taking 18 field goal attempts per game and nine from three. Like those are
2: Steph Curry type numbers. It's insane when he is the offense and he's still putting up those numbers and it, like you said he's not turning the ball over. It's it's unbelievable to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, no no no. Like this is this is what I'm saying like evaluating this tournament just strictly in terms of the money stuff that I personally don't care about, right? I think there's a I think there's a measure of folly in that because I do think Halliburton is right now probably the best young American player that we've got right like he's probably objectively a better player than John Morant. because we talked about this with John Morant, like John Morant uh being out of here oh no who's the next young American star found him right here and he happened to be in this tournament I think that this is a big deal that like like I think this adds to what the appeal or allure of this tournament happens to be now under the heading of people that we had talked about maybe being the best young American player we had had Zion Williamson and oh buddy this is not good for him this is bad this is very, very, very he would have been better off, obviously, if they had not made this tournament. Because I have tried to defend him. Because quite honestly, I just think y'all are mean to fat people. I am not allowed to be mean to fat people. So I, I don't even get anywhere near this space. But y'all be mean to Zion and talk about it eating and everything else. And my thought was after he had one of the worst off seasons of all time. I, I like to me, that right there. I don't know how much more rock bottom it could possibly have been. I thought he would have changed up his eating habits just because, quite honestly, after what he was dealing with that summer, I wouldn't have wanted to eat. I wouldn't have been able to eat my stomach would have been like a fist all the time like y'all would have just come back and I'd have been in the best shape of my life just because oh man my she posted something else I'd have just been in pain at every turn the the pelicans were acting like they wanted to trade him the whole baby mama situation the woman that wasn't his baby mama but she went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs on the internet like all of this and then he came back and from camp and he looked like he was in good shape he still ain't found a barber but it was whatever he seemed to like he seemed to have figured out what had to be and then they got out here in this tournament man and he was just out here looking like oh, oh, oh. he was just looking tired and he was looking sloppy and lebron was just eating him up at every turn lebron is taking it right at him and then they fallen off him daring to shoot he didn't have it in him and i again cannot for the life of me understand how in the world after that offseason, you did not come to recognize the time is now dog like one thing with the NBA, because so many guys come in the league very young, that has become a bit of... Like it, when you didn't have everybody coming in the league at 19, you didn't have to accommodate so much for the fact that the person coming into the league was 19. Now, I do think that it was, it's wise to do a measure of accommodation for the fact that a cats are 19, like recognizing, oh, he's probably going to need some help finding an apartment, da-da-da, like those sorts of things, right? Like needing life skills or whatever. But ultimately... If you're not ready to be a grown man, then you need to stay in college because college is for kids. That's what Michael Beasley wanted to do, but the money was too big, so they made him go to the league, but you saw how that worked out, but you see what I'm saying, right? There's only but so much slack we're supposed to be cutting to these cats because they kids because there is a kids game that they can go play. They don't have to come over here to the place where you have to be a grown-up adult. You can stay over there where the kids are, but the thing about Zion is now grown man age his number one pick in the 2019 draft that's like this would this is like he would be year two if he stayed in college the whole way or something like that like your time is now and now you at the point where Charles Barkley and Shaq two dudes who struggled with weight for their entire careers being like hey man and they hit him with to me what I thought was the truest game and I think it's something that is very relatable to a lot of us it's certainly relatable to me it was like I thought I was working hard, but I wasn't, you know, like, like you think you probably think that you're working hard, but you not, or at the very least you're not working as hard as it's going to take for you to get this done. And so he better figure that out. Honestly, with the he's a tournament, it might've been the best thing in the world for the NBA. If it got Zion to recognize that the time is now, that might be a big win for the whole league, but ain't nobody feel like more of a winner than LeBron James, boy. Take that Michael Jordan. Prize picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season, and now you can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make our picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from the producer, Sean, that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepickscom slash BOMANI and use code BOMANI for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom slash Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
3: We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard.
1: Yo, right fast. I'm in the uh, chat room uh, on the YouTube street. My man talking about Michael Jordan. Jordan was rolling pennies and wanted to win. Almost all players are like this. No, not. Ain't no almost all players are like Michael Jordan. Let's get that straight right now. He's a crazy person. But it is good to see that some of them still are crazy. Like, it makes the game better.
2: But Shaw, where do we start with the If You Haven't Heard? We got one coming out of uh, the world of genetics, I guess.
4: Hi, I'm Rebecca Carballo, and I'm a reporter with the New York Times. I wrote about a recent data breach at the genetic testing company, 23andMe. Back in October, a hacker posted a claim online that they had 23andMe users profile information. After investigating, the company found hackers were able to gain access to personal information from 6.9 million profiles. This could include ancestry, the year someone was born, and in some cases health information. 23andMe says this happened because of users reusing passwords from other sites that had already been compromised. The hackers were initially able to access about 14,000 profiles or about 0.1% of the company's user base. But that breach opened the door to millions of other profiles. Hackers exploited a feature called DNA Relatives, where users could provide select information to others on 23andMe who might be a close DNA match. Now about half of 23andMe's profiles have been affected. The company is in the process of notifying those customers.
1: Look, man unless you're trying to figure out who your daddy is or maybe your mom adoption right i just don't know why people think these services are a good idea i was so mad at my brother my brother put in his stuff i don't know if it was ancestry and 23andme and i'm like bro people be going to jail off of this stuff right like i wouldn't i wouldn't really like no like uh, no no none of this none of this also i can find out what
2: Right. right that's all, like, that's all that i'm it, asking what you y'all do for you
1: what's it good for you're american now like what are, what are we doing <laughs> what are we doing with this unless uh, and by the way some of y'all are just going to find these things out and accidentally finding family yeah it's i guess it's and only, you don't want that
2: yeah it's it's not worth it it's
1: not worth it Um, turn it over your whole damn life behind this no 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 i'm just like generally you know y'all listen if you haven't heard you can tell my sensibilities about the world i don't i don't i don't understand no no i ain't no we ain't giving these things to these people Why? what are we doing what are you doing no 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 but i guess i guess enough of none
2: of my brothers done it might as well. They, they got us all now. They got every single one of us. It's funny that uh, there's a comment from the YouTube saying they just need better security systems at these companies. And it's like, do they? That's 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 one way to look at
1: this. Yes. Maybe they just need better security. The problem is there's more money in being a crook than in being a security guard. The crooks will always be a hit. All right. The
2: next one is about Gen Z.
5: I'm Katie Natopoulos, and I wrote a story for Business Insider about why Gen Z doesn't want to work for the man. There was recently a survey of 16 to 26-year-olds done by Instagram on a variety of topics and a variety of trends, and one thing that jumped out to me was that they found that one out of the three of the young people surveyed believed that the best way to achieve wealth was to be self-employed, and that beat out other responses like being an influencer or having a side hustle. At Business Insider, we've done a lot of reporting on how Gen Z is thinking about the workplace and their careers. And one thing that's come up is that Gen Z has seen how the millennial career dream has kind of failed. They want a better work-life balance. They don't want to be disposable to bosses or get stuck in dead-end jobs. So one thing a young person told one of my colleagues was, Quote, we kind of learned from millennials saying they put their heads down and they're still struggling to buy houses to do the things that you'd think that they would have gotten by now. So we're Gen Z. We're going to pivot. And this is how we're going to pivot.
1: Sean,
2: how old are you? I'm 32. Which one of them gens are you in? I think I'm technically a millennial. Okay. Okay.
1: I'm just curious here. If I were to ask you
2: the best part of working for somebody,
1: what would you say it is? Because I have a pretty, like, simple answer myself.
2: What would you say? Uh, Slightly less responsibilities. The the crosshairs aren't always on me, you know? How about this one? Insurance. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Health insurance. They give you insurance at
1: your job. You think we want to work for somebody? No, no, no. But this, I'm going to work for myself? Woo, 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 woo. So that doesn't really work the way that you think it does guys and this is somebody who has worked for himself in various capacities in a lot of way just like you said sean it is a bit of a high wire act and this idea oh i'll just go be an influencer what it sounds like is they seem to think that you can get like they see the and by the way the idea that you see the millennials and dot 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 makes me feel so old but you see the millennials put their heads down and they still can't buy houses. So what you think, you're just going to go on Instagram and you going to be buying houses just off, off some pretty pictures. Oh no, no, man, the, the moral of the story is the whole thing is broken. Don't get me wrong. And if you can go find a way yourself to go get it and make it happen, you go ahead and do that, right? And if you can make it happen, that is fantastic. I'm just here to tell you right now, nobody likes having a boss. Most of us make that trade we're not stupid we're not all sheep it's a reason why it goes this way that's all i'm saying
2: yeah we'll see we'll see how that generation ends up doing we might have millions of influencers and it might just you know oversaturate the market and no houses no insurance ruins ruins everything for oh us.
1: oh like i don't want to work for the man you think i ain't never said nothing like that before You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, look, I got bad news for you, just with the way this whole thing is going down. That work for your soul plan that you got, and I I don't know when you think you're gonna be able to buy the house, but in the way that
6: they were talking about it, man,
2: y'all about to be selling dope. All right, our last, if you haven't heard, is on the uh, education system.
6: In September of this year, President Gordon Gee of West Virginia University announced startling and deep cuts in the academic programs of the state flagship university. More than 140 professors lost their jobs, and several dozen majors ranging from foreign languages to public health to math and community planning were eliminated. Professors cried foul and cast an overwhelming vote of no confidence in Guy, the university's 79-year-old president. Students broke into tears and took to the streets of Morgantown, a pleasant college city. What was lost, students in this working-class state argued, was their best and most affordable shot at a good and broad college education. But Guy is not inclined to offer apologies. He has been a university president for four decades now at many different universities, and he had this move in mind for years. He argues that in a time when state legislatures are cutting their financial support and birth rates are falling, too many state universities resemble mastodons, ungainly beasts stumbling down the road towards extinction. He calls what he has in mind academic transformation, and it is the fundamental streamlining of his university. He even welcomed the coronavirus as a gift a so-called black swan moment that would force university leaders to ask questions rather than pretend to have answers. The problem is that so many of his cuts appear not to really make a lot of sense. And more broadly, the destruction of dozens of majors and careers at West Virginia University, which serves many working and middle-class students, raises a fundamental question of public higher education. If you're a bright kid of modest means, which opportunities do you deserve? For most students, their state's main public university remains their best hope of breaching the walls of class difference. As the axe falls, that idealistic mission fades and inequalities widen.
1: Look, man, when people have all of these discussions about, like, higher education I think they ignore what most colleges are and most of them are closer to like what West Virginia is than Harvard, shall we say. And it's some bad things happening at these places. And the thing that stinks about it is, man, like beyond just simply, you know, using it as a way to get a job or whatever it is, just the idea of broadening the horizons of the people like there's a value in that stuff. The other thing that I take from that, just because like I'm familiar with E. Gordon Gee, can't be trusting no man out here in no bow timer. man.
2: Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> that's a red flag for just you. Can't huh? do
1: it. No man. Once somebody makes that like part of their steeze, like it's part of the brand. Nah, nah. If you ain't popping me no popcorn or salama no Lakem, I'm not. No, nah, like and that dude right there, that's him. He's that. He's that cat, man. He'll do whatever. Now you go, you go watch it. How he's played at all these different jobs, and just look at how he's played with their athletic departments based on how the place itself viewed athletics. You can just see what his steeze is. He's like. He's a celebrity college president, which is always a little, you know, a little worrisome, however you want to put it. But what they doing to that school is criminal, man. There ain't no other way to put it.
2: Uh, we got a lot of good voicemail submissions we got three questions um that i think you'll really enjoy to answer here's the first one
3: hey what's up amani Uh, this is the ex old school rapper from the group brand newbie you might have heard of us or maybe you didn't i wanted to know what is your favorite basketball team of all time my team was the uh 1994 knicks i I thought we had it that year uh game five a day that will live in infamy in the middle of the game all of a sudden, they're flashing, and OJ's driving. And Al Collins is driving O.J. in the back of a pickup truck that's going slow as hell. In the middle of an important game like that where, oh, my God, we watched the game at the house, and we were like, yo, either catch O.J. or O.J. speed the hell up. Al, do something. And they just, that from that, that game on, the momentum was off. Game seven when John Starks went crazy. And at the time, I was living in Harlem with an actress named Regina Hall. And she had a whole bunch of people in the house and some people from Houston there. And um, we watching the game, and, you know, like I made everybody be quiet. I was like, listen, it's, it's no talking. Absolutely no talking. And, you know, the game was going, and the people from Houston at the end of the game, we're celebrating. They had on Houston jerseys. I had my Nick jersey when and I, I, I had to go outside. I was walking around Mount Morris Park in Harlem, and one of my man ran up on me, and he was like, Sadat, are you crying? I was like, nah, man, like I got something in my eye, man. Like subconsciously, I was crying. Then I was walking around. It took me about, about a good month to recover from that, man, but that's what I wanted to tell you. Love that tobacco on the air, man. I mean, yeah, I love the podcast. I listen. I work at Duke Raleigh. Number one fan, right there, man. Keep it going.
1: Now, first of all, the X just called, just called up and hit us with "Baby, you've heard of us? Baby we have it." About Brad Nubian, Shaw, we talk about Brad Nubian? And I will say this, because being my man, we just talked about this the other day. That Brand Nubian's "All for One" is it's a super, super dope ass record. But for people from New York, it is a next level, like hard to explain because of where they was at. But nah, shouts out to him and. I mean, I'm from Houston, so I remember that game. I wasn't a Rockets fan, but it was still wild. It's like, we got OJ over here. Like, I felt like the Rockets was getting disrespected, to be honest. Like, this is just like, damn, man, they're in the NBA Finals. They can't even get the whole screen. I think, though, my favorite NBA team, probably the 2012 or 2013 uh, Miami Heat. Like... That that run of LeBron versus the entire world was just amazing. And I don't know how much it had to do with the Heat. I don't know how much it had to do with LeBron and just how much it had to do with all the people that hated them. I hated them even more. Like like we was and man. I was I was rooting for a team that Shane Battier was on. I also want to say, it's a slide in there, you know, I was living with Regina Hall at the time. That was real smooth. (laughs) Shot that in real smooth. I was living with it at the time, at the time. They were like, hey, man, don't think we wouldn't here selling
2: records in these streets. All right, we got another great question from the audience.
0: Bomani. I am one of your more dedicated Dallas uh, listeners to the right time, good sir. You threw a little shade at Dallas Music. I'm gonna ask you to put some respect on Stevie Ray Vaughan's name, or I'm gonna be inclined to think that you're a hater, but that's not why I called. You've mentioned previously that the movie Amadeus was very pivotal to your development as a young gifted intellectual. Um, I'm curious if you have anything else, any other books, movies, TV shows, anything else that you would recommend for somebody who's trying to be a caregiver or provider for a young intellectual child trying to figure out their place in the world. They may not understand that brilliance. I appreciate you looking out, man. I'll always keep listening. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, I appreciate that, and I want you to be clear. I didn't throw no little bit of shade at Dallas. I throw as much shade at Dallas as I possibly can every opportunity that I get. All you could come with was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, I thought you was going to say Erica Badu or the DOC. Like, you had to go to somebody that's been dead for 35 years. That's, like, that's, that's, that's what it had to be. I mean, all right, man, you wonder why we be talking about y'all. Look in the mirror, you got a shag, and that's what you had to do. You wonder why i be talking bad about y'all you know though, no, i would tell you something that was that's actually interesting that i look back on in retrospect as a like i guess we would say nerdier child of sorts the homie urkel did big things for me i'm not saying you should tell your kids to watch urkel but the thing i always appreciated about urkel in retrospect my problem was i was like a mid-tier sort of dork where i had like the smart dork inclinations however like i had 20 vision i didn't like i I didn't have no style in particular, but I wouldn't dress it like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't in that, I wasn't in that space. You had nowhere to be. But I always you have to give props to the Steve Urkel character, because the Steve Urkel character had all the confidence in the world at a time where nobody else didn't. And that's what the key can be to dealing with the youngster is to still have the confidence in the fact that like it's cool, this smart stuff. Don't don't believe a word nobody else tells you. People love it. They really, really, really do
2: like it. So that's the thought and observation that I have upon hearing that. Sean, we got one more. We got one more, but right before, I was curious, someone was asking about the Amadeus story. We got some new listeners that might not be familiar.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to overstate it too much, but uh, when I was um, like 12 or 13, somewhere in there, my moms had me go see a therapist, and the therapist had me watch um, Amadeus, and the ultimate point of it, I always believed was if you think that having talent absolves you from responsibility for your behavior, then you are mistaken. <laughs> so it wasn't really that deep. It was really just that one right there. Like people tend to coddle the people they preserve to be to perceive to be the genius. But when you look at the genius, which is being coddled a trade for acting like that, I would
2: argue not. Really good advice for a lot of people in this world. Uh, we got the last one right here. Real quick question. I think the audience would love to hear it as well. Hey, what's up, though? This is Thomas. Long time listener, but I won't
0: age you in me. Uh, but I've always wondered what the story was behind the theme music for the Rat time. That shit slaps. Uh, feel free to let me know, man. i would be dope. Thank you so
6: much.
1: Oh, no. This is actually one of the stories I love to tell as much, if not more, than anything else. So this is 05. Like winter of 05, my man Aiden was like, yo, I'm going to start coaching a basketball team. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to start coaching a rec league basketball team. Come with me. Now, I had just flunked out of school, so I didn't really have much to do. So I'm like, all right, cool. We'll come out there. Bruh, we get out there and we're coaching this team. And I ask him, so what's the name of the team? And he says, the Dutch Masters. I say, what? Was that He allowed? says, the <laughs> He says the Dutch Masters. And he said that they were, that they were breaking huddles with Waffle House now because he had informed them that they could not break huddles with past that Dutch. So these kids are like, I want to say juniors in high school somewhere in there. All right. So whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll come out there. We come, we coach a game. And then the next game we coach, we show up, me and my man, and this lady, and these are like a bunch of white kids on the team, right? This black lady that was running the, uh, like the, score, the scoreboards and stuff like this. She comes over to me and my band and it's like, I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody on your team is high, especially number 24 and number 32. Now, these aren't our kids, right? We don't really know what to do, but it does not take long before we figure out oh man they're really high like my man oh oh is over there on the sideline oh got red hair and the only thing redder than his hair is his eyes and then there's my man. then there's my man, sneaky pete sneaky pete is 17 years old at this point Got dreadlocks halfway down his back line of juder wristbands and the whole nine he's a white dude and he's not fronting he's not faking at all. And so he tried to fight somebody in that game. Like me and Aiden are looking at each other like, what the hell have we signed up for? Like, who are these white kids? What is this that is going on? Like, you can smell the weed on their clothes. We're like, what are you, what are you doing? Did your parents drive you here? What is happening? Why do we have to stop this young man from fighting somebody? And he only wants to fight them because he's bored. What are we going to do? So, anyway, I love those kids. At least, obviously, as you can tell, and those kids aren't kids anymore. They're in their mid 30s or whatever. But uh, the Sneaky Pete that I described, I stayed in touch with for many, many years. I guess it's almost 20 now, um, as we talk about it with this story. And as it went, he's had uh, this fascinating taste in music and put me on to so much stuff. And then he's like, hey, man, I'm going to do beats. And he started doing beats. And when he started doing beats, I got him to give me a beat for the Evening Jones, another podcast that I do. And I told him that whenever I had a radio show or whatever, if I needed a beat, I'd get a beat from him. And this was the this is that's him on this track. Um, I did have to tell him when I did the HBO show, I was like, OK, I do have to tell you this, though. Uh, I hope you understand. I did not come to you for a beat. Um, i went to just blaze i hope you don't mind and of course he did not mind in the least that's that that is how we get to that so i'm glad that i could catch you guys up on this story but hey ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for joining us here on the right time a wave sports and entertainment original presented by prize picks speaking of prize picks sean what are your
2: picks So, Monday Night Football, got a bunch of games. Um, I'm going to take Jalen Waddell, 68.5 receiving yards. I'm going more. Devon A-Chain, 77.5 rush and reception yards. I'm going more. And the Packers are going to be without Christian Watson tonight. So, Dontavion Wicks, 31.5 receiving yards, more. First, I'm hearing about him, but I got a lot of faith in the guy.
1: All right. I was about to say, I've never heard of him either. I love you. You you are the ultimate commercial for what they want. Never heard of him, but I got faith. Shout out, (laughs) Picks. That's what they're trying to turn everybody into. Is that right there. Who is he? I don't know, but I got a good feeling. Um, thank you, by the way. Sean, you handled everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, thank you to our If You Haven't Heard contributors. Thanks to Rebecca Carballo. Check out her story on 23 and Me being breached at the New York Times. Thanks to Katie Notopoulos of Insider. Check out her story on Gen Z opting out of working for the man. And thanks to Michael Powell of The Atlantic. Check out his story on what happens when a poor state guts its state university remember follow the right time uh subscribe like rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy